We are a people of faith, but not just any old faith, the Christian faith. What we believe in is something deep and true, something authentic about this world, the cosmos, and humanity. Everyone lives with faith. We have faith in the stock market. We have faith in the economy. Faith in science, technology. Faith in our family and friends. Faith in our favorite sports team. We'll just make it to the playoffs if we only believe. And we put our trust in medicine and democracy, capitalism. And there are people of other faiths, Islamic and Hindu. But everyone lives with faith. And so in a world filled with faith, this seems appropriate for us to think about biblical faith. I mean faith like Abraham. To read you a story, beginning in Genesis chapter 11, verse 27. This is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abraham, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans, in the land of his birth. Abraham and Nahor both married. Name of Abram's wife was Sarah. Name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now, Sarah was childless because she was not able to conceive. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, and wife, uh, the son of, his, of Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. And the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And this is the most important transition in all of the Old Testament. Up to this point, we've been hearing of God's providential interaction with all of humanity. Now, we're hearing his call, call to one particular family. God formed the world. Now he's forming a people. And these verses help in this transition. In chapter 11, verse 30, we learn that Sarah is barren, that she had no child. That's an interesting comment. Because in all the genealogies prior to this, there's never a mention of a woman's barrenness. And if we trace Scripture's development from creation, the beginning of Genesis, to this point, we'll notice a slow but determined downward spiral. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And we have the formula, God said, 
And it was so. There was evening and morning. And God works his way through each day of creation, pronouncing it good. Creating humankind in his image and likeness, very good. And then resting from his work. And we have the Garden of Eden, where man and woman live together unashamed, walking with the Lord in the cool of the day. And enter the questioning, crafty serpent. Did God really say? And then the fallout, shame, passing the blame, humanity expelled from the garden. Soon, brothers bicker, jealousy, then murder. Generations spun, continuing their determined downward spiral till we get to Noah. The Lord saw that the wickedness of humankind was great in the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry he made us. The great flood, let's just start over. More generations, this determined downward spiral, and we have the Tower of Babel and humankind's plan to build a city reaching to the heavens to to make a name for themselves. That's the offense. And the Lord came down and looked things over, seeing what was happening and what was possible. He confused our languages, sent us off to our separate corners. The determined downward spiral and more genealogies now zeroing in on one particular family. Down and down and down we go until we arrive. Sarah was barren. She had no child. Barrenness is an apt metaphor for the way of life in this world. Barrenness is an apt metaphor for life done without God, life done in our own strength. Barrenness aptly describes the hopelessness at the core of humanity's plight. I have a friend named Karina who joined the Marines 2003 there for shock and awe. She was there for two stints. During that time, she became a sergeant and had a certain amount of power, as it were. And yet the entire time of her enlistment, the others in her, in her group basically um, spent their time verbally beating her up, verbally abusing her all along the way, basically telling her, that she is worthless, of no account. She's just dead weight. Near the end of her second deployment, she became pregnant. This ended her service to the Marine Corps. So she lost her job. She thought that the the father would, would become involved in the child's life, but he bailed soon. And she decided to give the child up for adoption. And so she lost her job and 
she lost this relationship and then a week after the girl was born she lost her daughter and gave her up for adoption and then her lease expired and it's almost comical but it's also tragic because then she had to move back home she lost her freedom and she really went through a series a uh, season really of depression and she began just having thoughts of ending it all and she began drinking heavily she began smoking heavily just hoping to kill herself through alcohol and cigarettes just in excess and then she became an insomniac over the course of 3 weeks she only got 5 hours of sleep her life was just spinning out of control and maybe your story is different from Karina's but we've all tasted the barrenness of life we lose our health we lose our family the children grow up and move away as they should but it's still a loss Our siblings begin passing, spouses, folks we love die. Our bodies age and become frail. We lose our job, and for some, we lose our way. Barrenness is an apt metaphor for the hopelessness at humanity's core. It is an apt metaphor for life in this world. Barrenness is also the arena of God's life-giving action. Chapter 12, verse 1 of Genesis. The Lord said, Right in the middle of Abraham and Sarah's irreparable hopelessness, God spoke. He didn't wait until everything was peachy. He didn't wait until all things were set right. He spoke his life-changing word right in the arena of the barrenness. God did not depend on Abraham or Sarah's potential to change the situation. God did not assume that they could pull themselves up by their bootstraps or just hang in there. It was his word. His word alone spoken in the arena of the barrenness. that formed a new future when god speaks he speaks in the midst of the hopelessness and his word changes everything in my own life i've sailed through some stormy weather enemy is indeed a roaring lion prowling hunting for someone to devour and the crafty serpent he cast doubt he wreaks havoc on 
believers is poised and ready to gorge himself on unsuspecting souls. And as much as Satan attacks God's people, he even more aggressively pursues the leader. During one season of stormy weather, I dreaded the night (laughs) because I just knew what was coming. It was an all-out battle for my soul, an onslaught of lies, self-loathing, self-doubt. It was a season that I call night terrors. And in that barrenness, I came across a verse, I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me lie down in safety. I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me lie down in safety. And God wasn't waiting for the attacks to ebb. He wasn't waiting for morning to break. He spoke in the midst of the night terror and his word changed everything. I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me lie down in safety. I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me lie down in safety. And I recall lingering as long as possible prior to retiring. Because I knew that after an hour or so, I'd finally nod off. And then, at 3 a.m., like clockwork, eyes opened, battle raged, until just before dawn. I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me lie down in safety. And I tossed and I turned round and round, mind racing, thoughts coursing. And in the midst of the battle, I repeated, I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me lie down in safety. There is a connection between my sleeping in peace and and safety, but I cannot rest well because this is terrifying. I am afraid. I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me lie down in safety. I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me lie down in safety. God is making me lie down in safety. God is standing watch over me. God is providing safety. I can lie here in peace. I need not fear further attack. I can rest here. I am safe. I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me lie down in safety. I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me lie down in safety. is an apt metaphor for life in this world, hopelessness at humanity's core. Barrenness is also the very arena where God takes life-giving action. And faith like Abraham 
is taking all the trash that people think about us. It is taking all the lies the enemy heaps upon us and looking at the cross and looking at the love of God and knowing the truth of who we are. Barrenness is strong. God's word, his truth is stronger.